Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? Not too much, Bradley. I slept in until 1230 today, and uh, pretty much this is the first thing I've accomplished. So I've been I've been living my best life today. How about yourself? Well, that's great. I, I got up around roughly the same time as you, except at nine, um, <laughs> since, since we have our, our time zone change. And yeah. uh, I've just been, you know, doing some stuff, posting some memes, um, hmm. doing some some melee stuff, talking to peeps, uh, opening the sweet box I got from Wizards. Oh, you got a you got a little prize? What'd you get? Well, I got the backpack for the Mythic Invitational, and then oh, I got yeah, like, like some gear that you know we can use for the grand finals. Uh, but I already have better or the same kind of that gear, so I just got some free swag. All right, just in case you need to set up a second webcam or you need a second pair of headsets offhand. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I've got backups now. All right. Excellent. But yeah, before we get too far into this podcast, I just want to say that this is found on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Check that off the box. We did it. You nailed it, bro. Every time. Every single time. Yeah, you can find us on those (laughs) platforms or just continue listening to us where you're listening to us right now. Whatever's fine with us. It's cool. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. As long as as you're hearing our sultry voices, that's, that's all we need. Exactly. Yeah, we need to. I mean, I don't need to be loved. I have uh, to be loved. I, I think we need it, Bradley. I think we need it. Yeah. That's why we started this podcast was for the love. No, it's mostly to to, to shit on Wizards decisions. And uh, oh, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> and so <laughs> good segue. Good yeah, segue. I, know, I loved it. I loved it. And, uh, you know, earlier Wizards tweeted about uh, how that they are going to be um, monitoring standard this week and they might have a ban announcement next Monday. And, you know, since Wizard has been closely monitoring developments in standard in an effort to show both sides of the situation, because we, we we don't want to be partial, you know, we want. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, so, so we brought in an expert who has not been monitoring anything about the developments in Standard, and that is none other than Mr. Brian Brown doing. BBD, how's it going? Great. You know, great. Uh, honored to be part of the cast. Thank you so much for bringing me in. Uh, when is it too early in the podcast to air a grievance? Oh, you could do that immediately. Like, okay, we, we don't would... need any structure. We don't need any of that. You can just, yeah, whatever grievance you have, just let us know. Okay, I, I have a pretty serious grievance because you mentioned that you received uh, product from Wizards of the Coast. You received uh, some, some some stuff in the mail. Yeah. Um, I would like to air a grievance because that was not my experience. In fact, I actually re- didn't receive a, something from Wizards of the Coast, um, but it was a cease and desist letter followed <laughs> by a notice that they would be suing me. If I kept up my activities, not quite the wow. same. Yeah, I I don't know, like if they wrong address or something. But so so Brian, do you think you should be monitoring the development of standard a little bit more? Do you think that's what it was about? Uh, it could have been. They did mention something about not monitoring the developments in standard. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, mystery solved. Before we actually get into that season's assist, I do want to go through a couple of the past results from this uh, this most recent weekend because we had some cool tournaments that happened uh, uh, with new standard and historic. We'll start off with PAX Online. This was a nine-day event. It was awesome. A lot of magic to be played. And... Uh, from that, there was a NTG Arena Championship. There were standard qualifiers and um, 
and historic qualifiers. And anyone that 4-0-3-1 not only got to play in this arena championship, but they also got qualified for the Zendikar October qualifier. So um, anyone that doesn't know about these, next time they do another one of these pastimes, host another one of these week-long things, you should definitely take a look because it if you 3-1 or 4-0 a single tournament, you don't have to get 1,200 in a month, which I mean, I'm I'm in my average tower not needing to do that anyway. Um, but that <laughs> does sound like if I w- was in that position, I would much rather try to get a 3-1 or 4-0 than have to worry about my ranking all all season long so do you call it your ivory tower just because you're on the top floor of the house well no the ivory tower is is an actual <laughs> phrase it's it's it, it's a well, thing. I, I do know that but okay never mind no I, no <laughs> i call i call brian's bathroom the ivory tower and that's usually where i go and defecate oh <laughs> wow you go all the way downstairs brian how do you feel about that uh not great look to be <laughs> fair to be fair brian brian does live in the basement but mm. he also has a second bathroom upstairs he is the only person in the house that effectively has two bathrooms well he does share the top stair the the upstairs bathroom with luna that's right the cat? Cat, okay. anytime i leave the door open to the bathroom <laughs> upstairs uh one of their cats will go in and take a huge dump in my bathtub wow really <laughs> every time yeah <laughs> so brian what do you do what do you use for the the two bathrooms do you actually use them both or do you do one thing and the other or yeah um well number one i use the downstairs bathroom and mm. then secondly i'll mm. i'll use the upstairs bathroom for other yes ex- yes you yeah, nailed it yeah, you don't you want any fumes you don't want any fumes upstairs all the distance of that one <laughs> yeah. in my head he's like he's at the 40 he's at the 30 he's at the 20 touchdown brad if you thought brian was gonna miss a poop pun you are sorely mistaken on brian's character all right all right but so the pax online mtg arena championship it was won by the one the only brandon burton with monored goblins in historic brandon burton sandy dog mage sandy dog mtg for anyone that uh is unfamiliar it has been around as long as we have in all honesty has played on a lot of pro tours um top hated quite a few grand prix and is uh a magic online and now arena just grinder just plays a ton with a mono red strategy too that's new yeah it is new to see to see brandon on a mono red strategy it it, it, it only happens all the time um, <laughs> now for he's s- only the top performing mono red player in every tournament i look at i feel oh, like yeah. and usually the only one as well in standard sometimes lately. it really is sometimes <laughs> yeah. brandon just tricks everyone into playing mono red <laughs> like i've gotten hooked by it i've seen, like seen brandon 402 tournaments uh like uh scg challenges around i'm like i'll try mono red again and i just get <laughs> obliterated <laughs> yeah you're not exactly a mono red mage brad i i that, that wouldn't be where i'd peg you as no 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 but where so- would you never mind <laughs> <laughs> brian no bad brian <laughs> that's for our other podcast um okay. yes yes so gotcha. so the next tournament from past results was the hooglandia standard open this weekend uh Corey, you did commentary for that but that was won by yep. tom maxwell with gruel adventures a deck that i talked about last mm-hmm. week but i was splashing a, a third color um which was not necessary but uh yeah it, it felt good to know that like you know the the shot in the dark deck that i thought might be good actually is 
Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's one of the decks and we're going to talk about it a little later that I, I'm super excited about. But that Hooglin event was so much fun to do. And the structure was awesome. Having double elimination instead of tournaments kind of, you know, dragging on uh, for so long with Swiss and stuff. So really a fun thing to be a part of. And I would love to do it again. Yeah, well, we might switch to double elimination because the other tournament that we want to talk about the past results was the Bash Rose Battles itself. That was yes. uh, this podcast tournament. Thank you for everyone that played and and watched, but that was won by Jason Florent on again Gruel Adventures, going eight and one yep. with the eight and Corey actually. It eight was and Corey. Corey, yeah. So ja yeah. Jason Florent <laughs> is Corey's arch nemesis. Uh, <laughs> won the entire tournament, still has that asterisk because couldn't beat Corey. Right. Couldn't be me. If you if you look at his Twitter, you can see a filthy liar in works where he said he scooped to Corey and then in quotation said, don't look into it. But uh, needless to say, that was not a scooping. I'll show video evidence to anyone who needs it. Well, I've watched it 10 times over scoop. so far. He did scoop to your Yorion triggers every turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he scooped it up after I scooped up all his tears and, and drank them after I was destroying them. Yeah. But so that was our first tournament. We uh, we both <laughs> streamed it at one point. If if you looked at our total viewership combined, it was around 2000, which was absurd. Um, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. And uh, I was even for the first time during a day ever, I think I was the most watched magic player, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was this was the coolest thing, bro, that that I saw or Brian, if you didn't see it, uh, was just you were number one. I was number three. And we're just playing, you know, a fun little standard tournament that we did for the patrons. So I, I thought it was really awesome. And I, I'm super excited to do it again. Yeah. And uh, we haven't scheduled for the, that one yet, but that'll come sometime in October or early November. Uh, it should be it should be at the end of October. Um, I just got to figure out uh, between the MPL and the uh, the grand finals, trying to find time uh, and the S if SCG has any tournaments. But we'll figure out when yes. to do that again. And if you are a patron um, of the podcast, uh, we actually did our mini-sode breaking the tournament down. So if you want to go take a look at that. Um, mm. But yeah, that gets us to why we have a special guest in the first place. Um, yeah. Brian, were you going to say something about that for that deck, though? Or for uh, that tournament? Yeah, I was just going to say that, um, number one, I'm proud of Brad for being the top streamer of Magic for that period of time. But Thank I do you. have to ask a serious question. I bet it's not. Were you, <laughs> did you have more viewers than whoever was streaming Russian Fishing for? <laughs> you know, I didn't look into it, but okay. if I had to guess, I'd probably say no. Do you Russian remember? Fishing oh, for? Oh, do I remember that. What the hell is this? So there was a Pro Tour, might have been a Mythic Championship. I, I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was like the early rounds when like not that many people were watching yet. Like it was like <laughs> maybe the limited draft rounds of the tournament. And yeah. there weren't that many viewers. And there were more viewers on Twitch of somebody, some random person streaming a game called Russian Fishing 4 than there were for the <laughs> Mythic Championship. Wow. And it, it just it became like a, you know, very short-lived, like, in joke on Twitter or whatever. Oh so. God! And just the fourth game—that's that's what makes it the funniest. There, not oh, not, no, not no, the original no, no, Russian it is, fishing. It is, it is that it's a niche version of a fishing game. It's not <laughs> yeah, the but the four. fourth one. Yeah. It's not just it's not just fishing. It's not just fishing for. It's Russian fishing for. Like, <laughs> yeah, like does that mean the game's oh, in Russian God. or are we in Russian like landmarks fishing like? 
Yes, you pour vodka onto your your bait and then you throw it in. Russian <laughs> yeah. fish. I, I do not understand. I don't know much about Russian fishing. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm not to date. Well, not clearly more more people know about it than they know about magic. <laughs> that is that is true. Or at least that the draft true. portion of of magic. That's for sure. That is true. <laughs> uh. The Bass Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite Two sleeves to the Deckbot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies, protect, store, display. Slogans, marketing, magic. Wow. All right, so so coming back to the magic side of thing and fishing for views, um, oh, we're going to be talking nice. about... Um, this tweet and and branching off from that. So on September 22nd, Tuesday, uh, the Wizards tweeted out, we're closely monitoring developments and standard in order to avoid disrupting this weekend's tournaments. We intend to provide an update on the format early next week. So dun, dun, dun. The, the, I just want to say the funniest thing about that tweet is simply making that tweet disrupts that weekend's tournaments. Oh, of course it does. It, yeah. It, 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 like we, it's like, we don't want to disrupt anything, so we're going to tell you that we're not disrupting anything on purpose. <laughs> it's like, but then we know that you might later disrupt something, and that yeah. knowledge disrupts it. It's like it's like the whole, like, if you knew the day you were going to die, how would that change the rest of your life kind of thing? Yeah, you know? and, and honestly, this tweet disrupted <laughs> a show that was currently going on. This tweet was sent out during Versus Live, and then they, like, read it to us while we were going, and Ross just went on, like, a 30-minute rant where I just had to, you know, head in hand, like, come on, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Save it till I, after. I, I wish I, I wish <laughs> Are I you shocked? I really wish I didn't miss that Ross tweet, but I was watching Russian fishing for at the time. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh yeah, they Could crushed us in viewership Russian that day. fishing for. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we got the raid from them afterwards, though. So we we caught up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard they nerfed uh, the bass uh, in that game. By the way, Brian, it's going pretty well now. Oh, they, really? Did they? Because yeah. I I heard they I heard they might have to stealth buff trout. Because well, it was yeah, a little... I mean, that, that that was just so buggy, right? Like, yeah, for sure it was. Didn't yeah. they drop the bass? They dropped the base. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. So yeah, this I'm just proud of you. Corey. This just creates you. another lame duck format for a week where we can like we're going to talk about what's going on in standard, but not from the frame of like where to go from now, because it doesn't matter where we're just probably going to be jumping off a cliff. Like um, <laughs> it's, it's like that meme where it's like the, the one girl pushes the girl in the wheelchair off the cliff. <laughs> we can't talk about diet Pepsi, um, but it's just like, yeah, like eventually we all know that we're going to throw this format away uh, next week and have to rebuild from it. But, you know, we yeah. can speculate and we can talk about what, why this might need to happen. And, you know, like, even though I'm getting, I you know, all right, I'm sick of 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 having perpetual bans. But the thing that's frustrating more is just how it just everyone takes every opportunity to just shit on wizards on social media. I'm I'm getting more tired of that. Like, I, I understand that they probably deserve some of the likes, but like, 
Didn't you open the show with saying we're going to shit on wizards about uh, decisions? Well, yeah, that was that was a joke, right? Ha ha oh, okay. ha ha. Yeah, okay. that wasn't serious, Corey. Uh, come on. So, sorry, sorry. I'll go back to playing Russian Fishing 4. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that, though, too. Like, it, like I'm not going to say that Watsi doesn't make a lot of mistakes. They clearly do, and a lot of them are incredibly frustrating to people in our position. A lot of them are incredibly frustrating to people not in our position. Yeah. Um, I, I totally understand that. Um, I know I've been very frustrated by many of them, and I'm even in a privileged position where a lot of the annoyances don't even affect me, so I'm only... I'm being frustrated by the iceberg that does affect me and not the you know, or yeah. like the tip of the iceberg that, that affects me and not the whole iceberg that affects other people. But there, there is definitely a, a dynamic where anytime something isn't exactly to the specifications of how some one person wants it, they go on this like 14 part Twitter rant about how Watsi has failed everyone for all time. Yeah, uh, it, it's just too much. I do like, hate that, too. <laughs> honestly i think like efro said it best uh he sent out a tweet uh around when like the mythic invitational was having problems and he's just like it is perfectly fine to be hypercritical um of them and you know expect the game you love to be the best it possibly can but the people that just dunk on wizards just to like put out that tweet to dunk on them like that's what annoys the crap out of me it's like it's yeah. not ne- it's not necessary, you know. I, I, well, there's there's some amount of people who are just super negative. Uh, sorry to butt in, Brad. No, no, but no, there's some it. amount of people who are just super negative people who are gonna just crap on anything because they're frustrated with everything. And you know, I, oh, for and a lot of like people, their go-to emotion, why they, right? They, yeah. they play magic if that's their, their uh, approach. Mm-hmm. But then there are also there's some amount of people who are doing it for like their own personal clout because you get a lot of clout by dunking on things exactly That's just the nature of the twitter platform and largely the reason why i've kind of abandoned it because i don't like that yeah um but yeah there, there's just and and then part of it the third part of it is that uh negative voices just always rise to the top because people who are satisfied with something don't or, comment about it yeah, or or they might even be annoyed by it, but it's not that big of a deal to them. They'll just let it slide. They won't comment. It's the people mm-hmm. who are largely affected by it that that raise their voice the loudest, but you only ever see the raised voices. All right, all right. So get this, get this. This this is this is similar, but it's more from like the employee stance. So keeping up with the esports account, I just see well, mostly any wizards account, they just get shit on all the time. Yeah. Every tweet yeah. is negative. And the and one of the only reasons why I started looking into it is whenever they would take me in a tweet, I'm like, cool, they're talking about me. And then it's like 15 tweets about just how awful they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, same. Yeah. Every time I get tagged in anything, it's all it is. Yeah. Or it's people making fun of my weight or other shit like that. Yep. It's just it's yep. always horrible. And and yep. so like, but I've been seeing things where it's like I don't even feel like the people that run these accounts can win. Like there's people that are like, stop just tweeting about the big, the big players and help the, the, the grinders and the, the, the smaller content creators and all of this. And then the other day I saw them like quote tweet this like kid who like had a really funny self burn was like making fun of the fact that they're playing against Paul Wright. So Paul was playing a bad card, which wasn't a bad card. And it was like, wow, he's washed up. And then like his next comment is like, oh yeah, he's thrashed me. 
You know, like this was funny. But then yeah. Wizards retweeted it and the kid immediately was just like, wow, use me for clout, but not let me play in your big tournaments because they were underage. And it's like, Wizards doesn't control laws. Like Wizards, <laughs> Wizards, Wizards is not there on the floor of Congress being like, no, this is how things should be. I need them to be able to play here. Yeah, that's Wait, absurd. They're not, they're not in the floors of Congress. They must be the only company who's not. Oh. oh. Wow, that, too, is, that is too real. Sad but too real. real. That yeah. is a deep cut. So about this lame duck standard format. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. no, I'm with you guys though. I, I got tagged in just the last couple from just like commentary team, right? They're like, oh, this is our commentators for these events. And then you scroll through it and I learned that I am completely untalented. I'm a piece of shit, you know, like just you scroll down. And it's just, oh, we can never pick anyone that knows how to play the game. And it's just, I engaged one time and immediately regretted that decision. Yeah, you can never, <laughs> you can never engage. That's also the, well, that, that's a, that's very narrow because that only affects people who actually have a, have a following, but you really can't ever engage with somebody a no-win situation you just have to let people shit on you that's what yeah, twitter isn't, is isn't that fun don't you just love that just let people do th- it, it drives me insane i i like to defend myself if there's something i know about myself that is not true you know but it's just it is just smarter to not not get into it at all which is fucked you up just don't fan the flames like you see exactly, just one yeah. random account that doesn't even have a real name attached to it says something yeah. shitty about you then you respond to it all of a sudden you give it validity Right. And, yeah. and so like, you know, you just you just have to mute, man. I, I mute or ban so many uh non-named accounts. Like if, yeah. if you don't have your name attached to your your Twitter, um, like that's already a check against like so if if I see a negative thing that's like negative against me, that's like the three strikes are already up for me. Just um, what do you think? Like what a sad life where you just sit behind and just shit on well, things from a fake so account, actually, you know? Like I actually understand, you know, some Brad's, of it. Brad's, Brad has a second account, no name attached, where he shits on people. No, I only, yeah. I only boost Brad Nelson. That account just oh, right. literally responds to all my stuff and, and is like, you are the most amazing person of all time. And then it's you responding. You're like, thank yeah. you, Bard Narson. I appreciate yeah. it. No problem, Brad Nelson. <laughs> so you're, you're Kevin Duranting it is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I heard about that. That was good. Um, well, Brian has a Brian and a, a not doing an account, don't you? I don't know what the difference is. And sometimes I just talk to either one of them and forget that one is used for something and one's for the, you know, something else. Don't you have two accounts, Brian? Yeah. One of them is for non completely separate from anything to do with magic. And then the oh, other God. one is uh, retired. So Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's why you never respond to all the stuff i send you i get it oh i don't i still see them Corey. <laughs> okay okay you don't need gotcha. to send me that many pictures though it's fine hey just keep that on the I mean, there's a lot of deck yeah. picks that you have to get through that's so true. many deck picks i've been trying to get you up to date on all these decks and you just haven't responded to any of them you're right yeah. All right, so let's let's get off of this Captain America talk and let's move on to uh Wow nice. Let's move on to Iron Let's move on to Iron Man. Yeah. He yeah, built Earl yeah. in a in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> Escaping from the, the cave. There we go. Alright, so so Moving back to, to the main topic, you know, Wizards had this. And so what's actually been going on in Saturn? Like it's kind of weird to have this conversation this early. Um based on the format just coming out last week, right? Like Thursday. Isn't 
Thursday. Yeah, and isn't set released this weekend, right? The actual set releases physically this weekend. <laughs> um, and so I'm, you know, let's let's just talk a little bit about what's been going on standard. So okay. one, of, one of the first things that happened was people, you know, found the Lotus Cobra Omnath Uro shell and then built upon that. And, Brave. Brave. And yeah, this deck has, you know, Escape the Wilds and Genesis Ultimatum. And then that's pretty much the shell. It was those 20-ish cards, um, and then you had to build around it. And there's been numerous, numerous, numerous builds throughout the, the last week. Um, but they've been doing pretty well and kind of taking over. In fact, the first SCG challenge on Monday morning, the first one of the week, the metagame mm -hmm. was 16 of these variants and six other strategies. Nice. Balanced? Yeah, very, very balanced. Um, <laughs> I just got to give props because Corey, uh, Corey nailed that on our uh He nailed Uro, episode. he nailed Omnoth. Yeah, he, did I? Or not Uro. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, That's right. Yorian and Omnoth. Yeah. And Lo uh, yeah, Corey nailed the Lotus Cobra and Omnath and uh, Synergy for sure. So. Nice. It's about time. It's about time I got something right here. It's been so long since my bird serpent was king, you know, when I got it right last time. But but then we can flash back to me calling Oko very unplayable. So uh, it even I've evened it out. <laughs> You're supposed to ignore the times you were wrong and only celebrate the times you were right in yes, an effort I, to I'm, promote oh, yourself as being better than I, you actually are. I thought that's just what we do on Twitter. We do that here too. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we you, do it everywhere. You clearly, oh, okay, do not gotcha. listen to other magic podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I guess, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> back oh, a year funny. ago when I won a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so these these four color Euro decks, um, or four color Omnoth decks are very good. They they have early threats. They have Omnoth Euro. Um, they kind of been built around cultivate all this ramp, and then there some versions played. Uh, different kinds of removal, like Bone Crusher or Thundering, what's it still for? The Deal One yeah. Land. Um, some played Kenrith or Felidar Retreat. Felidar Retreat, uh, The Dragon, Terror of the Peaks, yeah. Beanstalk Giant, because that's a good combo of Genesis. When you Genesis Ultimatum, you get those. There's people playing Confounding Conundrum in the main deck now as a way. Some Yorian builds. Like, and the people have been doing so many things with it. Yeah, there's just a, a lot of different variations on these strategies. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, this is this is clearly deck one. And then without getting too far into it, then we get on to like the tier two decks or at least what I I guess it's better to not say tier two. The decks that can yeah. compete with four color. Um, Brad, no. can I interrupt you for just one second? No. Uh, one last thing I want to say about uh, the four color uh, four color Omnath list uh, that we're like looking at here is like a stock. This one only plays two Uro in it, and uh, is that card just so bad? We just we're just already cutting it. Well, I don't know why this this was just a variant that I posted. I don't know why it only has two. Most most lists I see have four or three main one sideboard. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, all right, ban it. People are starting to cut it from the main deck. We better get it out of here quick. <laughs> People are starting to, oh, like, yeah, they're starting to add that second copy of the card. It's getting... <laughs> Sorry, continue, bro. I would uh, rather argue this person's trying to, you know, like an addiction, weed themselves off of it once it gets banned so they don't have to, you know, go cold turkey. Right. Nice. Only, only play one a turn instead, or one a game instead of five, just to, you know, you wean yourself off a bit. That's yeah. smart. 
And then, and then the three decks that have shown that they can compete with with this four color deck are Gruel Adventures, um, mm-hmm. Soltai Flash Strategies that we saw like Zach Allen take second in the Bash Rose Battles Tournament with um, you know just a bunch of removal card advantage counter spells, Sharks, uh, Uro, you know Hand Disruption. Yeah, and then this mono green pretty decks, much soul time mid range as well. It's not not too much flash besides just well, I like counter spells. Well, yeah, but. I changed. I did change the name to soul Sorry, I shouldn't say soul flash. I, I'm calling it soul control on melee. Some people mm-hmm. like mid range, but this if if you're playing ten counter spells and draw spells and uro and shark typhoon, yeah. you're a control deck. Yeah, Uro's the only thing that makes people think mid-range, but this is a control deck for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it just plays so many counter spells, you know? like You're playing like Dark Bargain, you know? This is yeah. a control deck. <laughs> and then last, uh, I, is that the card that's unplayable and limited, or am I thinking of a different card? That is, that, in fact, the card from the unlimited tweet. Um, what's, nice. funny, what's funny is Zach played this deck not knowing that a different quote-unquote better in his in his words better than dark bargain existed it's yeah, from the ray of revelation right now ray of revelation is an old card it's close to that though um yeah it's some kind of rates three colors blue instant draw three discard one and yeah. but he just didn't know it existed so he played dark bargain <laughs> Nice. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, it gets disputed, so it's a little bit of an exchange, but yeah, you get to discard any card from your hand, not just discarding one of the three you draw, so it is definitely just an upgrade. Yeah, you can discard anything from your hand, and this is just look at four, and you can only take two and put two in the graveyard. It does uh, Three and one, three and one, but yeah. Three, what's three and one? No, I'm talking about is look at three cards. Yeah, it's look at three cards, put one into your graveyard. I thought it was four. Nah, man. No, because it does the exact same. It draws the same amount of cards as that blue card. But it's just look two, at three. Two top. and four. Yep. Oh, it does say look at the top three cards of your library, put two in your hand. Oh, that is way worse. I thought it was four. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the it's the same as that blue card, literally, except the blue card is better, but gets disputed. So I, it's a small uh, exchange, but otherwise the blue card is just fundamentally better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but then Mono Green Agro is the last deck that is starting to pop up this week that can compete. It's got a good curve. Um, got a little token synergy theme going. And Has it actually been popping up a lot, like, or just this one event? Or no, it's it's been showing up uh, in a lot of the SCG challenges this week. Like, okay. I, like the power if when SCG is running challenges on MTG Melee, the amount of data about a format that powers through is something that you should look at every single day, and you can easily do that on MTG Melee's. Uh, uh, deck database deck database yeah no i i uh, whenever i'm testing for the scgs you almost have to be looking at that because these are the people that are going to be in it and very unlikely that they switch decks either for wild card reasons or this is just the deck they like and they clearly did well with it you know brad that was excellent plug timing for the mtg melee commercial thank you thank you so <laughs> we don't actually we have to make an mtg melee commercial oh we, we don't have one no we don't have uh, one yet we still have to make one uh, this is but, but this is worry. actually the don't commercial worry, right don't, here. Don't worry. Um, I know the marketing guy really well. He'll let it slide. Okay. I heard <laughs> that guy was a real tool. He is a tool. <laughs> oh, the proletariat. Oh. So, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no. Ask Ross. We definitely, but we have recorded. <laughs> no, thank you. We have recorded the wonderful one that you probably already heard for BCW Supplies, who did support uh, the uh, the Bachelors Battle Storm, but we should have brought that up um, for prizes and giveaways. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, loved working with them. 
and uh and there yeah rick's the man we're we're excited about the next tournaments as well but so that is the format right Mm -hmm. um pretty much everything else has been kind of getting pushed away mono red uh any any type of true control there is like a demir control like that's popping up i don't know how good it is but you know like mono red and um even rogue decks are just getting annihilated because they mill you to uro yeah, that's the funny thing. When I did the Hooglin event, this was kind of our inside joke. Uh, the Rogue's deck was just like at 23% win rate after like four rounds with all the decks combined. And like there's only one player hanging on. So it was naturally bringing it up a little bit. And that was Jeff Hooglin's favorite deck too. So I had to dagger him about his 28% uh, favorite deck here. Oh, yeah. So- it's so bad. I have to ask a question. How do we differentiate between Rogue decks and Rogue decks mm, good oh, point I, they're they're both the same they're both in the exact same category though oh i know they're currently in the same category but we, we actually had an internal conversation we haven't figured out our solution so before this deck or the set even came out we built the mtg melee deck database and if you go to any of the the stuff we have if you go to like you know standard way at the right you'll see rogue with a um uh with the snoop and that's just the identification for all the other decks, Rogue. But now that we have actual Demir Rogues in the format, we're like, we need a new word because people just think that that's a Rogue area. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that is a, a little bit of a rough uh, tribe for designing a, a thing like MTG Melee. I think you, I think they should be called alternative fact decks. We could do that, yeah. <laughs> or just all, or just alternative decks. <laughs> I was just thinking just everything them, else to make it simple. I was just thinking just noob as fuck decks, you know? Just label it just like that. <laughs> noob as fuck decks? Yeah, noob yeah. AF, you so, noob so you can't AF. say that word on the on MTG Melee. But you gotta course, use but. zeros instead of O's when you type out the word noob. Yeah, you yeah, can, exactly. You could, if you, were, you could spell it N-E-W-B, but then you yourself would be the noob for spelling it that way. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I like the first is, this, one this, with the this zeros. Is, this is super informative and and yeah. and beneficial oh. to all parties. It is very. I'm I'm providing a lot of knowledge here. Not I say about we magic. just snip that and make that the MTG melee commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if that doesn't draw people in to Are see if it is indeed AF? called rogue as fuck. Yeah. If so go to MTG melee today. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, don't be in this category of Rogue AF, or of Noob AF. Be in one of these winning categories. (laughs) All right. So, getting back on topic. um, (laughs) So, (laughs) no, no, this is a legitimate question. Is that just, like, I, I, like, you guys are saying, like, this is what the format looks like, but... We haven't even started standard yet officially, right? So, like, how, I mean, what's, there's what's been two weeks of playing. Gonna, not going to look different in two weeks. Like, I mean, there's been two weeks of playing on the ladder already since the streamer showdown was. No, I, I understand that. Like, I, yeah, I, I know weeks. that the format has been played a decent amount, but like, yeah, it's still pretty early on in the format. Like, yeah. what? Like, I, I is it not too early to definitively say these are the decks only decks you can play? And honestly, no. I think it is because like this, what I consider to be like level one is these four color Omnath decks. They're insanely powerful, but 
you know, people are figuring out consistent ways to beat this deck. So these decks have had to start adapting already. So I totally think it's too early to say what is even the best deck. Like right now, Gruel Adventures has felt really good to me and it's been winning, you know, all the smallish tournaments that uh, have been run. So yeah, it doesn't seem like it is any definitive thing what a be what a best deck is yet. There's just really good cards. That's for sure, but no, I, I mean, I think you're completely right. Like that, it is true. It is way too early to sound the alarms and um, to say that these are the way things are built. And in fact, like no one really has the best way to even build this 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 Omnoth deck yet, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do have a reason why I I have been pretty loud on social media about wanting a certain card band, and I can give yeah. you like my reasons why. Even, Let's hear it. Yeah, like even if they don't have to do with win percentages, I just think that Uro should not take over another format. And yeah. and here's kind of my here's my reason. Here's my logic. Um, so ever since the companions um got nerfed, we have seen Uro as the plan B of the best deck in standard since that happened. Teamer reclamation into uh the teamer into the reclamation ban made Soltai the thing. And now we're seeing Soltai and um and four color Omnoth be like the top decks or like very powerful yeah. decks. Yeah, since Jeskai Luca, right? Like that was the last best deck that didn't contain Uro. Yeah, fire strategies uh yep. and and companions. And then once those went away, it, it has felt that and, and Uro strategy has been at the top of the format since then. And a lot of the same th things are popping up that I, I think that are concerning. And one of them being that the way that Uro decks can get built is that you, you just create a shell of interaction around it and then play Brazen Borrowers and Shark Typhoons, much like Zach Allen did. Yep. And then it's kind of just this combination of that's how an interaction deck should be built because you have this Uro that is a plan B. You play and you grind them out and then you have this, this Uro as a plan B or a win condition that gives you all of this, forces your opponent to interact with your Uros when that is an axis that they normally don't have to interact on. Because like, think of a Trencher Gear Hulk like uh, aggro versus torrential gear hulk control you did have to have a few answers for the gear hulk but the gear hulk wasn't coming back you got yeah. rid of that piece of cardboard but now i have to bring in the cards to deal with an uro and then deal with an uro and then deal with an uro and the games always play out at the end where it's just like once you get to a spot it's like hope that the aggressive deck doesn't top deck one more big thing before i can get another fifth card in my graveyard to bring uro back so I got a question for you, bro. Do you think it is, cause I, I agree with you, but do you think it is about like replayability that's really lacking because of Earl or do you just think like deck building becomes really stale because every format, you know, the best deck kind of looks the same, like, or just a combination of both. I, I think uh, then I, I think that it's, it's not about replayability. It, it is somewhat of replayability, but I think it's deck building restrictions. And then um, where I should have started this this soapbox was is the decks that aren't built around the Uro that just utilize it, like Teamer Reclamation and now Four Color Omnath. Uro is just kind of a plan B in these decks. It works well in them, mm -hmm. right? But it's not the the main piece. But if you take the Uros out of these these ramp strategies, they look easy to build a deck to beat them, right? You kill you have some cheap removal and counter spells. Yeah, yeah. even like Heartless Act is a great card against those decks, 
But Heartless Act looks laughably bad against Earl. Exactly. And so a deck like this should be exploitable, but it's difficult to exploit it when, let's say, an interactive deck is starting to beat four-color Omneth. These decks now with four Euros can just board four Sharks and some counter spells, and then they have a really fluid fluid build that kind of puts up a fight against anything trying to interact with them. Um, yeah. And, and that's really <clears throat> Oh god, sorry. And and that's my issue with it is that Uro is such a good plan B in a strategy that in decks that without it could get absolutely mopped up by a strategy that just wanted to beat it easily. Like you mm-hmm. you should be able to beat this four color armor deck with ease if it didn't have Uro. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh uh, I just want to say one quick thing, BBD, and then you go. Uh, like with Soltai, I'm looking at this list now. If we if we don't have Uro, I feel like the natural plan you have to go to be able to win games is like playing Ashiox and Garrick's. And like, well, that's powerful, and this would still be like a functional deck. Like you said, it would be a, a little bit more one-dimensional, and you could actually attack it. And I miss stuff like that, where you're like, okay, Sultai is the best, this other deck is the best, but they both kind of share this one theme where they're trying to tap out with Planeswalker. I'm going to try questing, but, you know, you, solving those puzzles like that is fun, but now you're like, yeah. I need an exile effect for Uro, but I also need to stop their control aspect, and that's just, they're not the same cards, you know? Yeah, completely. Uh, I, I completely agree with that. You have to actually find win conditions that open you up to bad spots. If you have to tap yeah. out for a Planeswalker, you can get Ember cleaved and die. With an Uro, yeah. you get to put an Uro into play, put an extra land into play, have an interactive spell up. And then you win all the time, yeah. Uro, and then have two mana up with either a Heartless Act or a Negate or something, and you just win those games such a high percentage of the time that it's not very fun. Yeah, and Brian, what were you going to say? Um, I mean, there's like a lot of things that I, uh, uh, I want to say. Um, so one one thing is is that like the argument isn't ban teamer the deck or whatever. It's just that the argument is that like Uro, whatever the best Uro deck is, will just be the best deck in standard. Period, because it's just so far and away above every other card in the format. Which is, I agree with that. Um. So if that's the argument to, to, to ban a card like Uro, I agree with that. If the argument is Teamer is too good or whatever, then I, I don't agree with that because it's too early in a format. We don't even know if that's going to be the best deck or, you know, there, it might get invalidated two, two more weeks in. But, you know, if the argument is Uro has dominated every previous format and it's pretty much a done deal that we'll then like whatever the best Uro deck we find is, is also going to dominate this format, then I, I kind of agree with that argument. Uh, the the one thing I want to say is that I, I think that ramp strategies are, are like, uh, this is a personal opinion, the least fun strategies, but I think that, uh, ramp ramps, natural disadvantage is that you can fl- like a ramp deck plays a lot of mana sources. So you're going to flood out at some amount of the time yep. and you're going, or you're going to, get stuck on lands and not be able to cast your your game winning seven drop some amount of the time mm-hmm. the the natural flaw of ramp is inconsistency and exploitability and a card like uro makes the deck too consistent and makes the deck unexploitable and that's yep. where that's where it becomes a problem and when a ramp deck is is doesn't have avenues to attack it like that it's just too oppressive for a format like standard well said. I totally agree. You even look back at like the deck that 
uh, Andrea Mangucci played in the Mythic Championship before Uro was printed. You know, just Nissa, Hydroid Crisis, a bunch of ramp uh, spells and stuff like that. That deck drew really awkwardly at times when you just exactly that, draw all your ramp one game or just draw all your payoffs the other game. The deck looked really bad sometimes, but when you pieced it together, it looked amazing. And if ramp decks do that, that's okay. You know, you get that fail rate sometimes and be like, yeah, they actually drew their curve out into their top end. Like you can live with those losses. But yeah, Uro just bridges everything about well, yeah, it. I mean, if you look at it like an Uro... A face of a face value Uro and a Risen Reef are very comparable cards. And yeah. but a Risen Reef, once it dies, it's dead. And and you can move on with the game. You might have lost in that exchange card advantage, but then you'll get it back somewhere else. But like Uro puts these decks under a pressure of you you always need answers and you need them now for the Uro, but you also need to put pressure on them. And you only get to draw one natural card a turn. So if you get it's my answers and I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it really puts you into these late game like it they soft check you like in 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 chess. Often it's like, all right, I have four cards in my graveyard and an arrow that makes it the fifth. You now don't want to interact with my next thing because you don't have an answer to my arrow. Yeah. And and if you do you need two answers, but we're both drawing yeah. a card a turn. So you like you just lose these exchanges just because the naturalness of Uro is just it's fucked up. It's just it's yeah. just you get to keep bringing it back. It keeps drawing you extra cards. It hits them hard. It gains you life. And that's yeah. the problem I have with it, because I look at the rest of this deck and I'm like, oh, this is a super exploitable deck. Like you have mystical dispute for a seven mana card in this deck. You can counter yeah. spells. You can kill things really easily. Omnoth isn't busted. It's a four different. It's four different colors to play a four four that you draw a card. And then with the trigger on the stack, if you have a removal spell, you can kill it. So they don't even get the extra value. It's, yeah, it's the trigger on the stack thing is the best, you know, like that. That makes it easily interactable. Yeah, I mean, it's a good Risen Reef, but it's an expensive Risen Reef. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, Lotus Cobra at the same thing. It can do some very disgusting things once the game gets going, but you can deal with it. But if you, yeah. if, if, if I'm the other deck and I have to kill the Lotus Cobra, kill the Omnoth, counter the Escape, and then counter the Genesis Ultimatum, I should, I should be in an okay spot, but because there's an Uro, I now have to interact with the Uro and the card you drew. And then, immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Otherwise, it takes over. Yeah. You like, know? Uro, if it didn't gain you a card when it came into play, or it didn't have those abilities when it attacked, or something, like, if it didn't have everything, then maybe it could happen. But because yeah. the card replaces itself so you don't lose card advantage immediately, and then you threaten to gain it later, you, you just can't even one-for-one one a deck with it. And, that, and that's what I think is ruining Standard, because yeah. blue and green... It's so easy to play multiple colors, as you can see, and you can play Sultai or Teamer or Four Color. And it's <laughs> yeah. just part of every engine. And then also, you just bring in interaction after sideboard and make Uro part of your plan. It's like, oh, you're going to go under me? I'll take all my ramp stuff out, I'll bring in removal, and I'll just become a leaner Uro deck. Yeah. And I mean, just like controlling, con controlling control is another thing. Like just control has been so unplayable since Earl came out. Not that it was extremely good before, but it was still a deck you could play. But now it's just you you can't play a control deck hoping to one for one uh, things ever. You know, I think they went to like we've we've had this discussion before, so I don't want to dwell on it. But um, I think they tried to fix the problem of mana screw and mana flood in the game of magic. Um, mm -hmm. through recent years and I think they they I think they failed at it 
to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and the the argument is that they, that they try to fix um, mana screw by telling you to play more lands in your deck because now every card has like mana sinks associated with it or ways to yeah. rebuy them or all these other things. And um, I, I just think it went too far. And when you take out the ability for people to flood out uh, as, as like an option in the game, because they'll always have something to do with their mana that kind of ruins the game in some regard, because every, like there's no inevitability aspect for certain decks anymore. Yeah. Yep. And if you're not playing a deck with without ways to constantly keep drawing you cards, you're playing a deck that goes for the face and tries to kill you immediately. There's no middle ground, right? You're you're either playing a deck that will last forever and go on forever, or you're playing a deck that plays Embercleave, pretty much, you know? Or yeah, like Mono Green that still redraws some cards in, in some in some fans. Right. You can't Yeah, you, you can't go through a deck anymore. You, you, or like you, you can't just match pace with the deck you either have to go over it or go under it exactly um, I, I will say that i think that they can design good car- like i don't think that it their quest to do that and i'm putting words in their mouth maybe they're not even trying to do that but i don't think their quest to do that is like futile because i do think that you can design cards uh that provide you with late game value and can be played early in the game that help mitigate flooding but don't do it in an oppressive way Two mm-hmm. examples being uh, Joel Rail, the two drop from this format, and and Soulfire Grandmaster, I think are both examples of cards that uh, provided you with late game value, but not in a super oppressive way. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Or maybe even like Spectral Sailor, in a sense, like not a broken card, but gives you something to do with <laughs> your mana. That card is kind of broken, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I also I, I really do like a lot of these uh, double face cards. Me too. Um, I have not felt like they're that they're that oppressive and they they feel interesting and I, and I will enjoy magic if like I do feel like Uro is taking a lot of their thunder because like mm-hmm. you know you they're just not as powerful late game when Uros are always happening but they do feel like they could have good effects in games that drag on for a long time so I have really liked that aspect of fixing mana. Uh, yeah, and I like that some of them have a cost. You know, the Tapland ones, those feel great. The Gruel ones having the the Mythic Boltlands, I think those are just good cards. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, so the thing that I I, I guess I, I can put this in and, and connect it with what you're saying and what Brian said is the reason I like mm-hmm. these cards is they don't create more cardboard. And yeah. th- one of the reasons, one of the things I've seen in future in the last recent years is to mitigate costs of Flood um cards like cycle and gain value and they create more cardboard for you to interact with as opposed Mm. to being like these are just their lands or spells so later in the game you effectively make more cardboard by drawing more spells even though they they could also be lands but in the actual exchanges that you play in a game they don't just build upon themselves like an uro like how many times have you had your opponent hellbat and they draw an uro and they play an uro and then they play like an omnoth and say go and you're like well, well what the fuck you know like yeah. like, well, yeah, like I, i'm dead yeah like we're in tough deck war and all of a sudden you just put 10 power into play and you have two and an extra card in your hand yeah whenever you draw a card that replaces itself and then you draw another card that replaces itself when your opponent draws a land it's like well that's fun Thank you. I'll take another. Yeah, but these- yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I think the I think the double face like land spell things are an awesome way to provide that same effect. That's a good way same. to do it. 
Um, yeah, and and I yeah, you can't have cards that always like too many cards that replace themselves just create a snowball effect where you play this card that replaces itself early in the game to generate an advantage, especially an egregious advantage, like putting an extra land in play, throw spiral Uro being the offenders there. Cause that's, that's kind of an egregious advantage because that provides you with a mana advantage. And then also all your cards are snowballing off of each other because they yeah. all replace each other. So you never run out of cards to do with your mana advantage. And that that's just an egregious way to do it. I think. Right now, the blue uh, the blue bolt land does draw cards, but I think they found the line of where card draw on a double face land is terrible because that card is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how bad it is. I think it could be good. Okay, later, uh, yeah. if, if there's a shakeup in the format, the same thing. Like the black yeah. one might be really good, but I don't know how good it is yet. Um, yeah, and the other ones feel just fair to me. Yeah, yeah, I think the green one and the red one are super balanced. I think they're the the better. Uh, of them and then you know white one's really good as well but that color is just unplayable but yeah i've been a huge I mean, fan we are banning a of lot these of cards white cards lately we're banning to get white cards good again i'm in i'm in absolutely I'm in. <laughs> like you really want them to ban 100 cards in magic no, I, I i think their formula to make white playable was great a few years ago like four or five years ago and i've said it multiple times but just make sure that the best planeswalker in standard is white and then it's forced to be played. And those formats, I honestly thought were pretty fine. I thought like Kaladesh and stuff? Like Gideon formats were fine. Yeah. I, Gideon I formats them. that did not involve Felidar Guardian were fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gideon whoa, decks. Whoa, whoa, Gideon whoa, decks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought all the Gideon decks and the Elspeth, the six mana Elspeth control slash midrange decks were all just very healthy to play. Oh, Let's leave sure. Felidar Guardian out of these discussions. That cat did nothing wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm specifically <laughs> saying, you know, even at the most annoying before they banned Copter, I still thought blue-white, like, Gideon decks were, were still fine. They were interesting yeah, yeah. magic to me. Yeah, yeah, they were fine decks for sure. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually saw a tweet um, today. I don't remember who. Maybe it was Ari Lax, but it was like, uh, or I think it was Kakano. It was, um, like, thinking back to Pack Rat and Siege Rhino and how those, what, what would people now in arena's day be complaining would they complain about those cards the same as others and i actually think the answer is no because those cards actually had didn't i think it's the resource advantage i think it's i think yeah i th I think that's like one of the biggest problems like you know yeah it, t it totally is and uh, sorry to jump jump no, the gun please. here but that's exactly what i was just about to say about you talking about white decks being good and those being healthy formats it makes sense because if a white deck is good, it's probably going to be a healthy format because white decks don't have card advantage. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they always no. suck. They gain their so advantage if there's through, a... like, exchanges and tempo and stuff. Or, or Thraven so, Expector was their busted card advantage card, you know? <laughs> so so if a white deck is good, that means that... that means that the format's, a format's good. <laughs> not being defined... Not that a format's good, but the format's not being defined by like egregious card advantage uh yeah. and and so yeah inter actually actual interaction will happen people will actually be able to trade resources and you'll actually be able to generate advantages by either outplaying your opponent and making better resource trades or yeah. by having better like having like the better cards that generate the better resource trades in your deck like better deck building that kind of stuff like fundamental magic that actually makes the game of magic fun Lately, it's just about 
overpowering your opponent by ha- yeah. you know stuff. It's not it's not so much that fun aspect anymore. Oh, it's wouldn't you guys say? Uh, I just got a question for both of you. Wouldn't you guys say that like a format is just really healthy too when you have the three pillars like a stand uh, aggro deck, a control deck, and then you know mid range? Like it feel like we're always just in graver uh, you know gray sections of aggro mid range or aggro or mid-range control kind of things, or just ramp in the middle. Like, we haven't really had just a control deck, a aggro deck, and a mid-range deck. I mean, you're missing a couple pillars there. You're missing combo, and you're missing heinous anus. Yeah. So. Oh, of course, yeah. If heinous anus is good, then everything's fine. A hundred percent. But wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that's healthy format, though? Or I think that's interesting. I think um, that really used to play out, though. I... I I'm going to pivot and say what I think part of that issue is, is that I don't think happens that often because lately, because standard is about, so there's, there's, there's an archetype just called pound you, which is like mono green gruel, whatever it is. Right. It's just the deck that just says, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can, as fast as I can. (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's what the strategy is. It's not like a tempo aggressive deck or whatever. It's mono green uh, with like, these crazy primal surges or gruel with embercleave or red with embercleave, you know, and torment. It's just hit you as hard as you can. And then all the other decks are uh, like almost to the spot where it's like, you never get into combat exchanges with these strategies. You're, you have removal spells. You have, you have some things you might chump block here. You might get a trader here or there, but you're not actually trying to build units to block. Um, yeah, because of cards like Ember Cleave and Primal Surge and uh, giant threats. Um, and he's talking about Primal Might for anybody who's wondering. Yeah, primal, <laughs> primal Might. And then, and then um, on that flip side, the the when you get into these, when you're not, when you're in a matchup that isn't Pound You versus something else, then it's like you're countering card advantage spells. But both decks are kind of just trying to do their thing bigger than the other person. Like there's yeah. there's there's exchanges, but they're usually like sharks plus brazen borrowers plus like forcing your opponent into a bad situation where they have to go for it. And I mean some some formats and some kind of mirror matches like that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like the team of rec mirrors were fun. The games were good, but yeah, it it's just you're interacting in such a different way that I could see how a lot of people didn't like it. I just personally kind of enjoyed watching or playing in those mirrors, but not that saying that that was healthy or anything. Well, I, I, yeah, the uh, uh, four t- best deck mirrors go. I think team reclamation was a good one. Yeah. Like um, I, I definitely do. And because like when you see the Simic food mirrors, like those are just not fun. You get a goose, you get an Oko, like that. That just sucked to me. Yeah, but, goblins yeah. are historic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, but it, it comes down to like I think I think in Magic lately, uh, there's there's more ignoring each other turns. So make sure you hit your land drops. Don't play into their threats. Try to try to have a little bit of card advantage. Like I don't know, like. It's just like when I play these Omnoth mirrors or when I play Soltai versus Omnoth deck, there's a lot of games where I literally have to attrition them and they're at 50 life. And that is just how the game naturally played out. And 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 I finally am attacking them with two sharks, 11 to 12 damage a turn uh, while they're in top deck mode. And it's like, this is crazy magic to me. You know, like it's just it blows my mind. Oh, I play a lot of games of magic that have that have been like that in my life. I mean, yeah, you did play a lot of Thrag Tusk. 
<laughs> I once killed somebody. I once dealt, uh, I want to say it was 50 damage with an Obsidat to win to win a game against nine Thrag Tusks. How much life is nine Thrag Tusks? That's 45 wow. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my opponent blinked. My opponent cast, reanimate, or blinked Thrag Tusks nine times, and I killed them exclusively with Obsidat. Wow, I love that you can remember that game from probably a long time ago. I don't think anyone's like, dude, I finally beat eight Omnath triggers with my Omnath and I had a Genesis Ultimatum, but then they played two. Like, nobody's talking about these kind of formats like that. It's like every <laughs> third turn, I'm going to outdrain your Threctos life gain. I mean, there were some attacks in there with Obsidat too. I got him in the red zone a few times, but Obsidat dealt the full Monty on that one. So. <laughs> was that was that your proudest moment in Magic? Uh... No, probably game next day. to worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, game, game day beating beating some schlub in the final round of game day <laughs> and third winning worlds. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I'm I'm definitely pretty confident that if there's a ban, it's going to be Uro. Uh, Just Uro? You don't think anything else? I have I have a sleeper. You got a sleeper? What I is do it? Have a sleeper that could be banned. It, it would be out of left field. I think sleep rotated a little bit ago, though. It did. It did, in fact. Okay. Uh, okay. No, it didn't. It's, it's legal. Damn it. <laughs> I know I because I played didn't it. In, know. I played it in my Witch Cyborg for uh, 2021 standard. Dang it. Yeah, Dang I know it. it's legal. Uh, uh, I mean, it was. It's, I thought for sure I was going to get you at least, bro, that wouldn't know it, no, even I, if I was wrong. I did know. Um, Damn. But I think yeah. I think there's an outside shot a dark horse uh ban on Lucky Clover. Oh. Uh just because I I do fear that kind of like they feared um cat oven decks if the format came down. I do yeah. I do fear that Teamer Clover could be the type of strategy or Teamer Adventures be the type of strategy that once Uro is gone, this takes over the format because yeah. it's a very powerful strategy. And honestly, it, I, I totally agree with you. That And that just wouldn't be fun. Teamer, because that's another uh, archetype that does kind of shut down control. Like, that's kind of why it popped up in the first place. It's to against anger control. It's actually only been, yeah. Lucky Clover decks have only been bad against the, the style of deck that Uros go in. Like, yeah, the go no, over the top, sense. the Nyssa, the Uro decks, the Casualties of War, the... The Shark Typhoon, the Ramp, the Genesis Ultimatum decks. That's that's what the way over the top. Yeah, stuff, that's yeah. what they've suffered against. I, I honestly think that Uro strategies have been keeping Lucky Clover decks down, but they're pretty oh, good against sense. aggressive decks and um and control decks. That's yeah. true. And and you know what would be sick? If Lucky Clover did get banned, we'd finally have the meme be like, oh, they finally did catch me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you were about to agree with me, Brian, I think. <laughs> if not, then yeah. skip if, your turn. If not, but... would you please agree with me? Uh, I, I was about to agree with you. Now I'm having second thoughts, though. Smart, smart. Yeah, I don't, I don't it's know It's better anymore. than a second adventure spell. If you want to be on, on this podcast back. again, you agree with me. Agree with him, Brian. God dang it. I agree with you. I got to say, though, as a uh, uh, as a content producer, it's, 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 been, uh, it's been an easy year when... Uh, they they're planning to or do ban something literally every single week. So you just always have something to talk about. 
I and that is the one thing that I selfishly don't really mind because first of all, I don't own these cards, so it doesn't financially affect me. It's just they give me my wild card back, and then I just get to make new content every time. So Gorgeous I know it's with, bad, with but like, I'm just like, shit. Ah, fuck it. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh my god. You just reminded me of like this like Bo Burnham song where it's just like all this bad <laughs> stuff's happening, but at least there's silver lining that it's not happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I suppose that didn't come out yeah. great, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? To make dropping bombs and verses when I get a new shakeups like that, I just get new shows to try in, in a world oh, yeah, without a hero. Easy, Check it you've out. You've been in easy mode this entire time. You don't have to worry about stuff <laughs> formats ever. You get more formats. <laughs> damn right I do want to say like one thing that I think there's like three competing forces and I I don't think we should talk a lot about it I just want to point it out yeah there's like um, there's like the competing force of uh, man I just completely lost my train of thought so one of the the competing forces is as they ban more cards uh, there's like it kind of banning kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where now everyone clamors for a ban the first time something becomes bad yeah so it it kind of it kind of builds on each other and then there's the issue of like you know play design mistakes requiring bans stuff like okos and uros and all that other stuff and Mm -hmm. then uh and then there's the issue and then there's the aspect of um my my personal take of standard just simply being a flawed format and as we play to as as we play more and more games of standard on arena a platform that allows you to play much faster games yeah um, those problems get just get exacerbated which requires more bannings to adjust for uh you know just a format that's flawed like so that's a yeah. problem i don't even think play design has any control over i see people con- i see people blame play design for every single format when yeah. with, just with no concept of the fact that they they have an impossible job um yeah. but yeah i just think that though there's those three different things competing with each other at all points in time of like standard just being a flawed format play design actually legitimately making mistakes when it comes to designing cards that are causing things that need to be banned and yeah. a shift in player perspective demanding for bands way more early and way more often uh, than previously was the case and it's just I, I like i don't know what to attribute to either any of those three different like pillars in this regard or if just, they could ever change you know like that just might have to be how it goes for now well i'm, I'm sure i think things can definitely oh, change I, but I, I, uh, I do too i think it i think it's about the card stock like i think one of the biggest issues for standard that they've been dealing with for a long time is additional mana supplies which allow you to like not really have a a tempo cost when you do really big things like fires and reclamation and good ramp spells and just the card Mm -hmm. advantage like like back in healthy standard formats that i could play for like three months and nothing changed and i still like them we didn't have cards like the great henge where like like a green strategy should top end on this all the time for this reason and there's not much way to punish it if if a yeah. green deck's good, it'll do this thing. Like OBS on decks, like they've they were fluid, just guy decks, they were fluid. Like during cons, there was a lot of decks that would ebb and flow on how you built them based on the format because everything came at a cost. Nowadays it's like yeah. you kind of build your own, you know, 
bazooka. That's like mm-hmm. how you kind of you ramp up and you you hit your opponents hard and fast, and you it's hard to catch up and it's hard to fall behind yeah. once you're ahead. Even Teamer Energy, yeah, it had like Rogue Refiner, and that was like the start of it. And they had like Chandra, which drew extra cards. But outside of that, it was just a deck that, you know, if it curved out, it was awesome. But it, it had some awkward draws and stuff. I mean, that but is a strategy that, was, that, got that was like the tipping times. point, right? Yeah, that was like the tipping point, though, don't you think? Like that Rogue Refiner was like the card that started that kind of design. And, you know, it got banned and it. It, it deserved to be banned, but I felt like that was the start. I mean, I do feel like Tracker and Rogue Refiner was the start where I was like, why yeah. do all these green cards keep drawing so many cards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, can I, I got my 10% uh, outside card that I think might be banned. You guys want to hear it? Yeah, of course. Okay, I think there is a chance that I don't think they're going to ban any of their new flashy cards that came out like Omnath or Cobra, but if they want to nerf that deck, and I think this seems a little silly too, but this is why it's my 10% or outside chance. I think they might ban Fabled Passage as well, just to like contain the power of Omnath immediately generating that four mana. And like, you actually have to work for it now with like cultivate, you know, if you just have to cultivate to get your second trigger off Omnath, like, or escape the wilds, like sure. But the the Fabled Passage really makes it disgusting. You guys think that's a crazy one? Uh lunacy <laughs> really yeah like, you too brian i think on terms of power level they it, it would make sense i would be surprised if they did it i, I don't think it's yeah. that off the wall i i, I like oh, i do think it's one it, of the most powerful cards in, in the format yeah it just facilitates you know the most busted of draws but it's not banning the new flashy cards that they're trying to sell so like i i look i was just looking at the omnath deck and i'm like what could go that makes sense because they're not going to ban anything that literally hasn't been printed yet. That's that's I, that's product suicide on them trying to sell stuff. You so, know? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they started the Pioneer format with Fetchlands banned, right? Yeah, my, my, yeah. started okay. from the beginning. Yep. I mean, I I think Fabled Passage was an attempt at a better Evolving Wild slash worse uh, Fetchland. Fetchland, yep. And and I mean that's what it is. But I think that it I think it ended up just being a little too good. Yeah, it just ended up being too close to a Fetchland and too far away from Evolving. The reason wilds. I'm going to argue against this though is because it is legal in two of the five standard sets right now. Just so you know. No, it's not. It just rotated in one. No, it didn't. It, it no, it just got reprinted in this newest set. Yeah, throw, it's, and then it's rotated legal in out. Right? Drain and M twenty one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess I, I actually I did know not know that they reprinted Fable Passage. Yeah, it's an it's yeah, an M twenty one. I know they reprinted. I thought it was going to re to rotate unless they reprinted it, uh, and they were about to have landfall stuff. So I thought you know that was the reason they reprinted it there. No, I think okay. it's, I think it's okay. just to have more copies of it out there because it's a card that they really like. Yeah. I think it is a card that they really like. I, I I think it is a long, long shot that they would ban a card like that, but I don't think it would be completely unjustified. And yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it's a zero percent because they have banned be, Fetchlands before. So to be to be fair, I thought before this set 
but obviously the landfall set is going to make this card way better. But before this set, I thought Fable Passage should have been Evergreen because I thought it was just so good. It fixes some decks, allows you to uh, play it in aggro decks instead of playing temples. But now with landfall and in, in particular Cobra and Omnath, it just does two busted of things. I honestly get just as excited when I top deck a late game Fabled Passage as like drawing Ugin when I have eight mana, you know? And that that's a weird thing to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I think... I think the thing is, is we were so excited about it because it was great fixing and it was a very well-designed card. I still think it's a very well-designed card. Yeah. Um, and, and we were, it, we were looking at it in the cons in the, uh, like framework of standard where fetch lands are a little bit harder to abuse in standard. But then once, once ca like cards and stuff started rolling in where they were, or, or decks started rolling in that did abuse the natural, power level of a fetch land that's when it started to become aggressive it's like oh it's another card for uro mm -hmm. oh it's another trigger for omnath oh there's landfall it's like now all these things are coming in that people have traditionally yeah. abused fetch lands with um and now that they're in the format the fetch land is becoming abused again yeah i mean totally I, I, i'm just gonna say that i'm not afraid of omnath without uro i think uro is kind of like the glue for this kind of strategy uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, and if they do, I think they would ban one of the green creatures over the Fable Passage, but we will see. Um, we'll probably see next week early, and then we'll do a podcast about it. I mean, I've been wrong a lot lately, so I can see myself being wrong again. Uh, mm -hmm. But that is going to wrap up the show. Um, uh, and ho yeah. hopefully next week we'll have new standard again to talk about. New standard ban, <laughs> new standard ban, new standard ban. <laughs> Well, how many more weeks till after this ban is it going to take to get a new standard? We don't want the set the standard format to get stale. Maybe like three and a half yeah, weeks. When, or... when is this roller coaster going to end? Because I am having the time of my life. Wee! Let's go. <laughs> All right, my seatbelt doesn't work, and I yeah, I think I might fall off, and it's, I'm not enjoying it. It's, yeah, welcome to 2020. I just got to say that I. I, I just want that. I I want all the ban stuff. I want to never have to hear about banning cards ever again. I'm. I just want it to be. I want all this ban stuff to be over. Oh, I don't do want to have to do another banning players. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Start with me. Now, I I just don't want to have to discuss banning or what cards are going to get banned or why things should have been banned on another episode of a podcast for a very very long time. To quote, to quote the late great Soren Markov, it brings no pleasure even to a heart as dark as mine. So please yeah. Yeah. stop. No, honestly, one last point before we go. I was saying the same before we even did this podcast. I'm like, I I tried to avoid band chat in my in my Twitch chat all the time and stuff because it just gets old. But at this point, you know, it, it's just needed and we need to talk about it. So I, I'm totally with you, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it was a lame duck week. I, I actually wanted to talk about her. I think it's interesting to talk about why it should be banned for the reasons that i brought mm -hmm. up so yeah um i mean i played a lot with the card it's pretty much i've played exclusively with it since uh the companion rotation yeah i mean it breaks the format it it it's it's just it's too high of a, i mean yeah whatever we talked about it before we so. did you could rewind if you would like to learn more uh but before mm -hmm. we go we got a few of our 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 fun things uh first up is upcoming events this week we've got quite a few on um on uh, MTG Melee. I think I have a name wrong, so I'm going to go double check that real quick. Corey, could you start us off? 
Yeah, sure. The first one we got is uh, Red Bull Untapped Germany. Um, just another one. Hopefully, it's starting at a early time here. Let me get the start time. Well, <laughs> that only matters for uh, yeah, easy Germans. Yeah. yeah, Sunday at 4 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, probably not the time zone of the people that are going to be playing in it. But yeah, Red Bull Untapped just doing another one of their qualifiers. They've been super fun tournaments. Uh, next up, we have the SCG championship qualifier and season championship on saturday we have the last of the qualifiers and then the season championship will be on sunday i'll be playing in both of them uh there's still qualifiers running this week to get yourself qualified for the saturday one at least and then you have to top eight or top actually no it's top four you got to top four one of the big ones or just gather enough points to play in that uh season championship but yeah these are the final uh scg tournaments for season two here yeah, that's so i'm super excited I'm for really them watching i've been loving to watch the coverage of the scgs and that ends season two Same. hopefully season three starts up again um, yeah, hopefully they do another one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they do too. Uh, then after that, we got the GGS Open Series $500 tournament that is happening on Saturday at 11 a.m. PDT. And last but not least is the Arena Community Cup $1,500 standard uh, tournament that that will be on. Uh, that is at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. So there's a lot of tournaments to check out at MTG Melee if you are interested in yeah. Melee.gg. And also you can take a look at our deck database that is has all the decks and uh, that are uploaded. And one last thing, if you want to see all the hottest Euro tech, <laughs> come to Corey B's Twitch channel. I'll be playing those in the SCG all day. So if you're excited to play with Euro after all this talk about banning Euro, you know where to go. And if you want to see the hottest local singles in your area, brianbrowndoing.org slash now. That's absurd. Good Lord. It's, it's, it is pretty absurd, though. Like, I'm just looking at this real quick before we get to the cast and crew. Is I was curious how many Omnot decks we already have on MTG Mailing. We have 150. <laughs> nice. Wow. It's been four days, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I guess. So five and a half days and 150. And across all formats, I imagine. No, that's just standard. That's Jesus. almost how many times it triggers in a single game. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. good. Now, now, now we're up for the uh, the final part of every episode, which is our favorite. It's the cast and crew. Uh, to become part of the yeah. cast and crew, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and uh, support us yes. there, as well as there's a bunch of different tiers, including shirts or extra content. Mm -hmm. And even just at the lowest tier, that'll qualify you for the the next um, Bash Bros Battles. BCW tournament, yeah. It's sponsored by BCW. So go take a look there. That is patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast. Without further ado, Corey, let's start the casting let's do crew. It. Oh, I was let's do it. I have a rhyme. Let's I have a rhyme. Without further ado, Corey, let's get into the casting crew, and you just kind of ruined it. So I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. Well, you paused for far too long, and I, I, I do not want dead air on my podcast. Damn it! So I, I had to jump in. Sorry, bro. That's okay. But first up, we got Victor, and that is our executive producer. We haven't been broing down too much, but you know <laughs> what? I, I, I think it's going to be coming soon. I broed down a little too soon. hard like a week and a half ago, and I got like hung yeah. up for the first I drank for the first time since COVID got hung over the first time since COVID felt sick the next day since well I feel sick almost every day now now 
nowadays, but <laughs> did it did it feel good? Did it no, feel I like a little that. bit of normal that. thing? Okay, okay. Well, Victor, sorry, dude. I guess we'll have to bro well, down. We can bro down in other ways. You can bro down sober. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. and then uh, next up we got uh, <laughs> Phil. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone's a big fan of Phil around the office. You know, it's uh, great, great, uh, great guy. We we think. Um, so yeah, that's no you casting didn't, crew you though, didn't, Brian. You gotta you, didn't, you, you gotta didn't say what he does. What they did, did you? Uh, I I. I um actually this is this is gonna who... get annoying people are gonna stop wanting to hear this if if you know the shtick like you just gotta Brian. just message phil and figure out what he does around here i don't Brian, actually... we just ask you to do we just ask you to do one job dude just ask what I, phil does okay man i actually don't know who phil is so oh. yeah, i don't actually don't know what he looks I don't, I don't know who phil is okay okay right. well phil, I, do, I do know phyllis but not phil Phil, phil if you is. want if you want a job in the cast and crew let us know on patreon.com moving on we've got Wapa, who is my personal barista. Thank you so much for all of the wonderful coffee suggestions that come in the Discord mm. that you can find in the Discord. But also, uh, one of them was Wapa told me about the cold, the uh, pumpkin spice cold brew. And while I don't like getting into the whole pumpkin thing, that was delicious. <laughs> it was so, so you good. don't like carving you don't like carving pumpkins because you got to get into the pumpkin thing there all right go on to the next one Corey. <sighs> uh, hey one last thing about wapa i slapped up wapa around <laughs> one of the bash bros podcast events so wapa shout Just out like to your you delicious coffee taste it <laughs> Damn yeah. right, except Wapa did mill me out with that new crab game one. And, and BBD, I was playing a Yorian deck, and I got milled out game one. Luckily, the hero came back and won the next couple games. So. Of Precinct 1? Exactly. Yeah, no, sorry, that card's banned. Uh, it's too I'm good. Not, I'm not interested. Too much card advantage. All right, next up, we got Max, and that is Corey's linguistic coach. And let me tell you, haven't needed him for a while. I've been saying everything perfectly f for a long time. Oh, perfect. Yeah, without a doubt. Just... Mm. You and you are speaking so perfectly, similarly to how Brian plays Russian fishing for. Well, that mm. entire mm. thing you just said, Brad cut out. That's why I didn't react uh, or respond to any of it. Same. All right. So <laughs> next up, we have Adam, uh, who is our ghostwriter. And Adam actually wrote in for Brad's internet to cut out when he made his last mm. statement. He also wrote in for Corey to pronounce everything correctly so that he could say that he doesn't need the linguistics coach anymore. Great writing by Adam. Yeah, Adam really just Gets trolled meta. Brad in the writing there just with that joke. It was it was impressive work. Adam is a Lots god. Lots of meta yeah, jokes up in here. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, it's me, David Brad. Watt, who's our special <laughs> yeah. guest screener. Um, yeah, cue, cue on me. Um, David does a fantastic job of looking like they're doing good work, but never actually doing good work. Of course. Next up is Gino Batista uh, checking in uh, the plane home from Gino. So he couldn't be on the cast last time. Had an emergency landing in Cleveland. Uh, but now... Uh, they lost their identification and money on the plane, and it wasn't in Lost and Found, strangely enough. Now they are scrambling to get home, but did find time to email us that they couldn't make it on the cast this week. So at least thanks for letting us know. But man, yeah, stuff's we'll, kind of spiling we'll, we'll out of the control for Gino next week on the cast for sure. Yeah, yeah let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get Gino in next week, a hundred percent. That's I mean, yeah, David I David's been clamoring for Gino. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. taken well to 
you guys not liking his choices for special guest screener. I say you guys. I personally think he's doing an excellent job. But. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. Well, isn't that just you think Adham thinking that he's doing an excellent job then? <laughs> well, it's me thinking that he's doing an excellent job, but then writing it in a different way than Adham later correcting it and to me. Patrick, thinking. who is our office party coordinator. <laughs> what? What? Woo woo. Get those party ad emojis in chat right now. What up? Brad, we don't have a chat. I'm currently partying like it's 1918. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Wow. <laughs> Was that the year of the uh, yes, Spanish yep, 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 yep. Right, It was. Right. It was. Oh, right. Right there. Okay, you got yeah. that. that. That went over my head, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Sam Prudhomme is our BVP personal fitness trainer. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't do what he tells us to do. So <laughs> kind of gave up in, in, in the Discord. Yeah, I think I think. I think it's it's uh what's it like um Stockholm syndrome? I think our bad habits are are falling onto Sam. Mm. Mm, of course, yeah. Yeah, all right. I don't think that's Stockholm syndrome, but that's okay. Well, whatever it is, I don't know. I I didn't write this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, come on, Adam. Give us better give us better material to work with here. Geez. Next up we got Jeremy Geldi, who is the assistant to the assistant regional manager, which is great material. Yes, it is. Vomit. Uh, Next up, we got Keith Trojanowski, and that is our unpaid intern. I actually think Keith wrote uh, The Office because it had to have taken an unpaid intern to write that garbage. Next up, Ryan? Next up is uh, Philippos Galanis, who is the ass bros podcast liaison. Mm. Who are we Uh, liaisoning, though? Uh... I just don't. the back half of the staff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're yeah. We've really reached the uh, the ass end of the stick when it comes to this one. So, <laughs> all right. Well, time cools up next. Hunter Castinger, who is PBD's resident personal massage therapist, and now I'm starting to think that this is mixing pleasure with business, and this is just a way to get things on on. On the taxes, I, I don't actually think this is a business expense. But Brian, do you have any information about that? Oh, it's a business expense, all right. You can't run a business without getting a personal massage therapist. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Next up, we got Paul Keck Sarowski, and that is BBD's wall staring photographer. You know what? BBD uh, hasn't looked at too many different walls since we've been quarantining, but the walls he is looking at, we're getting some great footage of. I haven't been looking at as many walls lately, but I have been going balls to the wall. Does that count? <laughs> no, that's a uh, that's our that's our producer's um, responsibility. Okay. Uh, Lauror is our chief executive officer. Uh, we actually brought him in so that he could uh, tear down everything that we've done over the last 30 years of this podcast to make it a great company uh, for some temporary boost to profits uh, so that he could his resume would be better and that he would be able to move on to a higher paying and a better CEO job, leaving the company a hollow shell of what it once was 
eventually destroying us in the process. Yeah, Laura actually just got hired at Wizards now, so uh, <laughs> they're looking for the same kind of uh, uh, business. So next up is our first demotion of the podcast. Really excited about this one, y'all. And that's Jason Florent. Uh Jason used to be my arch nemesis, but since once again, we stressed that Jason Florent lost to me yet again, yeah. Yet, I mean, it's just, a, I, I don't even know if I have as many hands to count the number of losses that Jason Florent has taken at the hands of me. But now the demotion, he is now demoted to just the buy, just just free win. So anybody plays against Jason, <laughs> if your name's Corey Baumeister, it's it's just a buy. So yeah. The buy indeed. Next up we got is Spoon <laughs> Tongue, who is BBD's body hair stylist. Now, does Spoon Tongue use their spoon or tongue? Now, I could have asked this many months ago, but I never thought. But it, it is piquing my interest now. How does one style your body hair, Brian? Uh, so, well, I mean, where to begin? It's an eight-step process. So, uh, you know, step one is you got to uh, condition it. You got to get some conditioning. Uh, mm. washed and conditioned. Um, then step two is you got to massage it a little bit, which that's mm. where uh, that's where Time Ghoul has steps in on that process. Mm. It, it takes like six to seven people and about three hours to get this whole thing done. Uh, I'll wow. spare you the rest of the details. Thank step you. seven Thank is you. a real. Oh my goodness! Hey, seven. hey, hey, hey! Save that for the next cast, Brian. Okay. We, yeah. we don't want to use sorry. all the good material on this cast. All right, so now uh, next up we have uh, Eric Nall, who last week, as we noted, became the Overseas Trash Bros Colony leader. Um, Things have kind of taken a dark turn, though, actually, because I've I've actually seen Eric Nall uh, walking around with a baseball bat with some barbed wire around it. And it's it things are getting a little dark. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are they already on season six of Lost? Yes. Yes, they are already on season six of the walking trash. The walking so, trash, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, they only have one more season. And then they're doing oh. spinoffs. Oh, God. Just let it die. Just let it I'm die. I'm looking forward already. to watching those spinoffs as much as I've watched The Walking Dead, which is None. one episode on an airport on an airplane once. God, just let it die and not come back for once. Oh, man, that reminds <laughs> like me of this the other show zombies. that I watched on an airplane. This is just real quick, and this is how we'll end the show. I watched this, this season of a show that I don't remember the name, but it was awesome. So it was about a news reporter that goes to do, like, a fluff piece on a alien abduction um, support group that he was, like, coming in to mock. But as he goes through the first meeting he's undercover he realizes that he was actually abducted by aliens and it just okay. it, it was repressed and then the show goes on from there and like it actually has aliens and shit but it's like real was really good and really funny and i just saw it on an airplane once and can never remember i don't know if there's a season two i don't know how to find it <laughs> you know like it just existed on a plane once for me um, love it love the it. last show that i watched on an airplane was a show called the boys which i watched on my phone and i didn't know what i was getting into and the girl sitting next to me definitely didn't know what she was getting into because uh i could see that she was watching like over the shoulder the entire time 
And there were some very uh, graphic and traumatizing scenes in that show. Oh, it's, so. it's, dis- <laughs> it's a good show, but it's disturbing. Yeah. There's some scenes wow. I can't really watch in it. I wish it wasn't as grotesque. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little too much. Right, anyway. anyway, thanks for listening. That, that's, the, that's the show. Corey has to go. We're just trying to slow roll him as long as possible because he has to go. Love it. Love it. But thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye-bye.